There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's unacceptable and it's dangerous that anybody, any stranger, come outside of my house. But it's really unacceptable and dangerous when Candace Owens, another black woman who is actually working as a part of a right-wing agenda, <laughs> comes outside of my house with cameras. So that is Patrice Cullors. One of the founders of Black Lives Matter, one of the mm-hmm. uh, people who's been very uh, enriched and enriched, enriched by Black Lives Matter. Just mm-hmm. a, she's just a grifter. She's just a con grifter. It's the same old thing. They come in all shapes and sizes, and she is just a, one of these Black Lives Matter grifters, saying that it's 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 threatening to her. And this is the thing that the, these left wackos do. Antifa does it. They all do it. The Squad does it. Um, who Taylor Lorenz is a big one who does it. They're all offensive. They all try to, you know, hit you in the head with a brick. In the moment you call them out, they go and fall and flop like a European soccer mm-hmm. star. And it's so, it's so disgraceful. I mean, just stop it. You're into mass civil unrest and intimidation. And one girl, you know, uh, one girl, Candace Owens, you're scared of. Can't do that at my house. I mean, these people, F you, man. The fact that they have no, they ha- have no ability to look at themselves whatsoever. I mean, we had the dude, um, remember that these freaking morons like five years ago in the, on 93 all handcuffed themselves to the middle of the highway? Uh-huh, yeah, in the big like buckets of cement. One dude was, of course, a long-haired kid with, um, what's it called? Uh, corn- dreadlocks. Dreadlocks, of course, some white kid from Wellesley. And somebody door- That's one thing I agree with Black Lives Matter some, on is white people shouldn't have dreadlocks. Somebody, somebody dorsed, uh, somebody, somebody approached him at his house and said wanted to ask him questions. He's like, "Dude, this is my house. I'm like, my, my family's here, and I got to go to work tomorrow. So can you guys like not be around here?" And he couldn't understand like why would we? Have, he was being a hero. 
Why would we then go to his house and bother him? He was stopping all traffic of the bad people who needed to be stopped because of racism. But the, anyway, it's so gross. I, I hate them. Anyway, here's, here's another Patrice Collins. I do, I'm, she was on this podcast a couple of days, whatever ago. I, ideally, she's incarcerated soon, which would be wonderful. But um, this well, is... Well, I have to think <clears throat> that with some of the payouts that people are getting from Black Lives Matter, that somebody's going to be in trouble. Maybe not under this Justice Department, but at some point here. But listen to her on this. He, she was on this podcast that's hosted by, I'm mm-hmm. sure... The guy gets paid a lot to do it. Tremainly. And I just wanted you to hear a little bit of this. Um, this is like nice and blatant. That I, This I think she should get a Nobel Prize for. Much of the funding that came in was from individual donors. Um, that was a lot of white guilt money. It was a lot of white folks mm. being like, we just got to put the money. That's, the, that's that good guilt. $90 million <laughs> of guilt. That's a lot of good. <laughs> that's, that's that good yeah. guilt. Yeah, that was great. I love great? when they're honest. That's great. Well, it may, but obviously that's what it was. It was people right. in suburbs who, you know, Van Motor sent money and felt good about themselves, and and they looked out around and they said, "Yeah, keep it going." And, it, and that's why you know that's why stupid asses in suburbs who got involved in this stuff. Oh God, so damn weak, so weak. When the time called for it, come on, man. Uh, and she and she claims that you know obviously she's in trouble with the IRS. Their groups in trouble with the IRS. They they did everything. It broke every kind of regulatory law when it mm-hmm. comes to. They just spent money. She kept stuff off the books. This and that. And, and then, but she claims she had to. It's so the entitlement is incredible. She claims she had to Alice because, well, it was the summer of George Floyd, and they had to take the money because the getting was good. You know, of course. So I mean, what other truth did she have? BLM was still figuring out what is its infrastructure, you know? So I was really called back in to help do that work. And I did a lot of that labor. I did a lot of that framework. There are groups that build infrastructure for three to five years before they become public. And they raise money and they take their time. We didn't have that luxury. We were building the plane as we fly it. Well, that's a problem, Patrice. Yeah, don't ask for money that you don't know how to handle. Exactly. But but she saw that the shakedown time was now. It was an opportunity she couldn't miss because she got to fleece a bunch of people. People were feeling guilty around the country. Mm-hmm. So they had to take in all the money and take in all the money. She's somehow a victim of the generosity. Because well, they- yeah, and she managed to hire like all her own relatives for jobs, quote unquote, for like millions I, she, of dollars. It, exactly. But they didn't bother to like hire an accountant or like some charity tax professionals or well, anything. Alice, do you understand? <laughs> they were singled out. The standards in which we are criticized and scrutinized is very different than white nonprofits. We undergo a different set of standards. I didn't realize that. I knew that theoretically. I didn't realize that. She's a victim once again flopping. They singled us out. They singled us out. No, no other nonprofit has ever been scrutinized and had to had to abide by the laws and the regulations ever. It's, it's like incredible. When the money started coming in, it wasn't me looking at people being like, "Yes, we have all this money." It was me looking at people like, "More money, more mm-hmm. problems." Like literally, like this is like we're not ready for this, but let's get ready for it because we're here now and. I felt like I was in the position to be able to help make that happen. Mo money, mo problems. But we're going to take the mo money anyway. And right, because it's time to take the mo money. Exactly. And I want uh, mo mansions, and that's the way to do it. 
was some of that money that came in, the 90 million, ever blended with your personal money? Because some of the allegations are that there was some funny blurring of the lines there, which is concerning for a lot of people who, who believe in even what you're doing, there's still a little concern. Of course. No, it's not. And I, I want to say something, though, be, even before I answer that question. I should have took a salary from Black Lives Matter. Let me help you um, with that. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is why she should be going to jail, ideally, oh, hopefully. But once again, in this question or this guy, whatever his name was, I said it earlier, he's happy to afford her every every defense there is, especially the one that's omnipresent. How much of, and we'll call it a mess, how much of this mess is a result of those kinds of naive decision-making errors? And how much of it is, honestly, you know, white supremacy does what white supremacy does. We don't ask <laughs> these questions of a lot of people that are pulling mm-hmm. a lot of money and doing all kinds of things. We just don't question them the way we're questioning you. ACLU didn't get questioned for the hundreds of millions of dollars that they poured in in 2016. And I love the ACLU team. Like, this is not a diss. No. But I watched hundreds of millions of dollars get poured in in 2016. Do the ACLU buy mansions? nobody questioned them. They were valorized. Um, But I I think it's mostly the right-wing narrative that has Uh created a narrative that that the mistakes that we made are mistakes that Black people make. (laughs) Really? Is that true? I think that you're busted, thief, grifter, punk, thug you're busted and bernie yeah, madoff is busted <laughs> and a lot of the grifters are busted I mean, let's go over some of the mistakes that were the naive decisions that were made included in the naive decisions is that uh the father of her child was paid nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars to produce live events and other creative services so, I mean, I too am available to produce live events and provide creative services. I would publicly castrate myself <laughs> for one fifth of that. The mistakes that we made are not what black people make. The mistakes we made are what people in leadership make, people across leadership. Wow. So she says up her own straw man. Now she's, uh, you know, she's she's defending it in the court of public opinion now. Did the ACLU... Uh, leader's brother get paid $840,000 for security services? Security services. (laughs) Let me just pay my brother from this charity. Let me just pay my brother $840,000 for security. That's some security. (laughs) And what exactly events are we talking about? Yeah, where are the live events that they put on? Are these events involving um, rags stuffed into bottles of gasoline? These kind of events. And the way that the right wing media specifically has characterized the mistakes are truly anti-black. They are about this idea that black people, especially black women, don't know how to manage money, don't know how to manage funds, don't know what to do with money. And um, the reality is, is if any or victimized, this is a tragic tale. There was nothing. I, You know what? There is nothing more that to me as a conservative rings true than the emphasis that black women don't know how to manage money. That's always been a tenant. Small government (laughs) and black women don't know how to manage money. I don't know if I've in my life ever had or heard of a conversation about how black women manage money. This is (laughs) 
pretty pathetic. Well, and this is not something that was like a predetermined narrative on the right. Like, certainly Black Lives Matter raised all this money, but people weren't saying at the time, like, I didn't give the money because I disagree with their politics, but, you know, it. I didn't think they were just purely going like I thought they were going to do some political activities or like at least try to pretend they were doing some political activities not just literally pay themselves and their friends hundreds of thousands of dollars right. each to do absolutely nothing and well, buy well, themselves well, fancy right. houses well who knew that their mansion game was so solid and so quick out of the box I mean, yeah, I mean get the money much- spend the money Buy the mansion. Ask questions later. I mean, at but, least but the Lincoln about- Project like made some ads and stuff, right? right? They like ostensibly paid themselves salaries for like sort of things that. Yeah, they did tweet stuff. They were on social <laughs> media. They received tens of millions of dollars in one to two months' time. Everybody would be trying to figure out what you do with it. They do. There are like uh, money professionals available for hire. Are there not? Well, you know what's funny is that did they pay any financial advisors? Yeah, but is is it was did Bernie Madoff say that the um, that his indictment was about this dangerous trope about how Jewish people don't know how to handle money, or was that kid uh, Billy from the Fire Festival? McFarland. Billy McFarland was that about uh, Irish Americans? Uh, you know, uh, don't know how to handle money, or are these all three grifters? Which is was what it is this? The grifter defense is effing pathetic. At the, at the center of one of the most recent. Oh, okay. No, this is good actually. This is the podcast. Of course, it has to produce like a podcast. At the, at the center of one of the most recent storms around this was the magazine article that came out talking about the six million dollar crib in California, and for some reason, you know that really, really, really. I love that it, this dude in this podcast calls it a crib. <laughs> Because it just emphasizes how it's like um, the spoils mm-hmm. of the grift. Yeah, but you, you got it. You landed a crib. She must probably hate that. She's like, "Don't call it a crib. Don't call it a crib. Don't call it a crib. <laughs> a crib is a blingy, off, awesome residence." Because yeah, they're trying to portray it now, like they w- had these huge mansions as like some kind of community center yes. to like run black events. Yes, but- nobody was invited, of course. It just seemed to like enrage people and i don't know if it's the idea that black people are undeserving that yeah that's that's the idea the black people are undeserving what, what i think the idea was is that these guilty conscience wine mom yoga pants wearing people in suburbs a lot of them assumed that the money was going to go towards ending the never-ending epidemic of police murdering black people for sport <laughs> and that is not what buying a million dollar, six million dollar crib in LA? Looks I don't. Like. I don't think you understand how that helps um, end systemic racism, honey. If black people can have mansions, I guess you know. I <laughs> guess it's a symbolic middle finger to redlining. I guess black executive that organizations shouldn't be able to have such riches and enjoy such riches for their community for their organization. Or how must it be to be him? Sniffing around asking these questions, seemingly asking questions out of a sense of intellectual curiosity without without ever like, can, can I just go and just pickpocket this guy? Has he no natural sensibility that perhaps 
even though he's making all these like could it was it be that people have did i mean you bought the crib and people seem to be upset about that is that because black people can't own cribs or the vice don't want that and they don't want because black women don't know how to spend why do you think they had a problem with the with the crib he says to the woman who's like stuffing cash into every pocket right now notice dude notice what she's doing here okay of course and by the way We've criticized Steve Schmidt for the same thing, for buying a huge, ridiculous house out in Utah or wherever he is off of his Lincoln Project grift money. Because even when you do it above board and pay yourself a salary for your services and you don't just blatantly steal the money in front of everybody, it's still gross. Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that Steve Schmidt, that's one of the problems I think that he's got. He doesn't have... She's got this woman has a certain peace of mind here. He doesn't have that. He's got no nothing. He's got he's got no um he's got no place to hide. He's got no um what's that what do you see when you're in oasis away from even for his mind, which is why he, he's so which unsettled. Which is why he manically tweets through like an entire right. forty-eight period without taking a can break. Can I make a prediction, Alice? He's not going to be live by the end of this. <sighs> that is my prediction. I don't mean to be macabre, but um, that I think that's probably true. Or, or if it's uh, due to a self-inflicted event, it just seems like a bridge too far. Like this, don't seem like a headquarters. It sounds like a crib that you're staying in and enjoying and having private events at. But that's six- bet your ass, dude. You're absolutely right about that. A place is awesome. Million dollar crib at the center of this. It really just kicked off fireworks. And I want to ask you, um, what was done wrong around that? Yeah, it's a property. So it's more than a house. It also has a sound Six million dollars, it better be more than just a... (laughs) It's a property. It's not a crib. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's actually like a proper property. Mm. It's like... There was a lot of thought that went into that. So oh, that it has well office then. space, it has a sound stage, it has a studio, it has a home, and it has a community garden in it. And well, if you have a sound stage, you need somebody to ahem, plan events, and you'll need <laughs> security. And I think where where I can be accountable is I would have. Oh, she's going to take the blame now. Mm-hmm. She's going to take ownership of what she did. In retrospect had more people be a part of the conversation. BLM grassroots leadership didn't know about the buying of the house. It wasn't because I was keeping a secret. It was like, no, lots no. of organizations do this. They are ED right. and their staff, they go look at properties, they buy, this was an- Lots of organizations have the executive director without telling anybody, take the organization's money and buy a fine crib worth $6 million. <laughs> You know, in retrospect, I would have had more people in that conversation. No, you wouldn't have. And hire their sister, mother, brother, right. and father of their right. child to work for the organization. She wouldn't have had more people in the well, conversation because more people would have said, oh, can you stop stealing from all the coffers <laughs> well, of Black Lives Matter? hiring themselves a private jet and paying themselves $120,000 in consulting fees. <laughs> why am I so poor? In th- why am I no part of any of this? Investment, as you know, with cash dollars if you don't invest in that and something they aren't as valuable and so she was being financially responsible responsible 
What a model citizen looking out for the money and the investment. Yeah, you don't want to keep your investment just in cash. You want to invest in cribs and sound stages and pools. Right, exactly. And private jets. It's very important to make an investment like that. It, she probably didn't realize that, but all the things that she's investing in to protect the money are really wonderful creature luxurious comforts as well that she's surrounded by. What a coincidence. Having real estate is very valuable for an institution. It's not my personal real estate. It's no. not. I sleep in it. You're not allowed in it. There's anybody <laughs> else. But it's not my, not my personal one. Patrice Keller's real estate. It's the organization's real estate. And we bought it in the middle of a pandemic. We knew that it needed some repairs and it needed th fixing and that, you know, that would it would need to be um, shared. But we also knew, Tremaine, that the minute we shared the information with the public, that the right wing media would do uh -huh, what they always back. do. And they always <laughs> did because the right wing media doesn't have any sense or care for people's security or safety. That is the primary reason why the house wasn't shared widely publicly, because we had to make sure there was serious protocols around it, serious security protocols. So out of a life and death concern, they had to move to the beautiful, all white leafy neighborhood in LA and buy a huge crib Mm -hmm. uh, because the right-wing media was hounding her. That that converges around California so often, the right-wing media might report on her. Okay, I'm done with her. I just wanted to visit Patrice Colors for a moment there today. just to. Is she also the same one of them who said that um, non-profit tax structures are dangerous for black people? It's, I assume... <laughs> I assume she did. But getting uh, audited by the IRS is violence against and racism. Yes. I want to start. Um, I want to go to the Joe Biden cut from a few years ago that Craig Ironhead sent last mm -hmm. night. It's just kind of. It seems like considering it's in the last five years, not that OK. But here it is. Folks, this is about changing the culture. Our culture. Our culture. It's not imported from some African nation or some Asian nation. It's our English jurisprudential culture, our European culture. It says it's all right. Not some African bleep hole. Or I don't know. It sounds like uh, replacement theory to yeah, me. I believe it Dangerous. is replacement theory. I think he should denounce all replacement theory. And do we... Uh, I guess we have to. I guess we have to. Why are you sighing in that? I don't want to. Because listening to the George W. Bush F up pains me. But I it's guess pretty bad. In full, I guess we're, it's not being fair if we don't air it out. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, Younger than Biden, by the way. Here's the oh. Yeah, that's... um. That is a huge F up. Yeah. That I is... mean, like, do you think his mouth is just so used to forming the words invasion of Iraq? 
Probably, probably, but still, somebody, I assume, the press office wrote most of that for him. Why would you, you wouldn't have the invasion of any country. You wouldn't have, say, any parallel. You wouldn't even say, you can't, people already draw parallels with it. You, you would never. Just write away from that. Call Putin a jerk, that's it. But don't talk about the invasions. Don't talk about, the, Jesus. Oh, God, that's such a mess up. Oh, it is a but, mess up. But uh, you know what? Who cares at this point? I still think that the that the guy. I'm still. I was still a supporter of the war, and still a supporter of the. I was. I was still a supporter of the war in Afghanistan. I don't think that we should have left Afghanistan. I think we need to be around the world a little bit. I think it's pretty good that um, that we we take the fight to them. I say, Alice. Mm. All right. Um. Let's see. Is that it? Is that all I had to say to you? Oh, 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 death sentence. This guy is so ridiculous and incredible. This is my last one I'm going to get to. So somebody in a scrum yesterday asked DeSantis, somebody, some Florida politician is is uh, comparing him to like a dictator, an authoritarian uh-huh. like Castro. So he gets asked about this. And of course, usual DeSantis, he takes this and just make, is somebody over there? Is it Cyril? Mm-hmm. What is he looking at you? What is he, <laughs> I don't know why. What did you read on the situation? Me. We're almost done. Are we? <laughs> okay, so here we go. Here's the Santa's asked. Okay, you can take your shoes off. Okay, you can okay. keep them on. Okay, so here's the Santa's asked about. Okay, we'll see you in a bit, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> what? You can't make your shoes tight? Okay, come here. I'll make them tight for okay, you. Okay, here we Just go. Here's don't... the Desantis audio. How do you feel about some members of the state legislature, specifically Carlos Smith, equating to your administration as a regime, of equating you to uh, an authoritarian dictator like Castro or Maduro? Well, I think it's a slap in the face uh, to everybody in South Florida that has experience with these Marxist dictators in our hemisphere. You have people who were driven out of the island of Cuba. You have people that will, that's so bad, the oppression there, that they would get on a raft and go 90 miles over shark-infested waters to be able to get to freedom. Uh, You have people whose entire livelihoods were taken from them. Their entire liberty were taken away from them. And then they've come uh, to here in South Florida. You've seen the same thing in what's happened with Venezuela. Used to be a very prosperous country. Then Chavez and Maduro, now it's like a third world country, even though they have so many natural resources. You look at what's happened in Nicaragua. You look at what could happen in places like like Colombia. Uh, So to equate Florida, which is viewed not only in our country, but even around the world as a beachhead of freedom, to equate that uh, with those regimes just shows that you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, And I think that it really does a disservice uh, to the oppression that so many people in Southern Florida have faced either firsthand or through members of their family. And there's a reason why people are pouring in to the state of Florida. There's a reason why we've led the country in net in migration. I'm not even asking anybody to come. You know, some governors (laughs) beg people to come. I love the people we have here. I'm fine. But people are, they're fleeing a lot of these bad, and not just fleeing other states, they're fleeing from Canada. They're fleeing from other places to be able to come to the state of Florida. And so uh, I realize there may be some people in the state of Florida, uh, not in my party, but uh, some others, politicians, uh, who have a soft spot 
for dictatorships like in Cuba. They have a soft spot for people like Maduro and Ortega. And, and I just want people to know. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, that uh, I have contempt for those views uh, because those views do not represent the values of the state of Florida, but particularly the values of the people of South Florida. I mean, what do you want to say? I mean, how many times? The I guy, know. you know what the guy is? He speaks in viral video. Yeah, that's really, I mean, that's really what it is. is he just sees every question the press uh, asks him as an opportunity to just hit another one out of the park every time. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's the same with Christina Pusha, who is his press secretary, who I've interviewed on the 1570 Project, by the way. She also just gets it and she doesn't cede any ground. And I mean, I think that's why he hired her, obviously, and why, you know, why they do such a good job and end up in the news all the time for all the right reasons. I think that, you know, he's like he's probably the governor in the country right now that inspires the most jealousy among other Republican governors, mm -hmm. because I think they're all wandering around wondering why they're not on TV all the time and beloved by everybody. But he just really does such a phenomenal job exactly articulating what everybody's thinking. It's very, very clear that he and his team pay very close attention to what's going on, not just in his state, not just in the news, although obviously he does that, but, but also like in right wing media on Twitter and, and, you know, through all of pop culture, really, he's paying very close attention to what's happening. Absolutely true. And that was a, that was a, the response to that Florida, the, the response to that question about a legislator in Florida calling him a dictator was essentially almost the DeSantis doctrine, mm -hmm. you know, of, uh, you know, of, of just declaring what a beacon of freedom, in this case, his state is, uh, to people around the world and around the country about having, respecting the residents enough to let them have their own, um, to, to make their own decisions is bringing people in because it's giving people a hope. It's, it's like, this guy is... Mm -hmm. I also really liked when he said... I have contempt for those views because it's such a perfect way to say it, to say without it being a personal attack at all. You know, he didn't he didn't hit back at whoever said he was like a dictator and attack them back or whatever, even though that's obviously like a pretty personal attack on him to say that he's like Castro. Like, 
you know, a Trump would hit back at that personally. And right. Would First have- of all, that reporter who just asked a question would get flamed, and then <laughs> Trump would go, right. But it so perfectly, completely dismisses the entire concept as ridiculous and shows his deep personal disdain for the idea that Florida could be anything like Cuba uh, without it being a personal attack on anyone at all. You know, it, it's said totally matter-of-factly and, and without any anger or animus towards the person who's going around calling him a dictator. Yeah. And I can just imagine to just. He encapsulates what people want to say on the right and in the middle right as well about it's not just. It's not just I understand our country has some flaws and and the legacy is mixed in this. He doesn't like give his pound of flesh he says this is a good goddamn country this is a great place this is a great state this is great like his is he has a bold defense of of democracy and the country and his state that a lot of people now i think and probably me included a lot are a little gun shy to have so beat down by all of these people saying all saying how terrible everything is constantly and how bad we are he's like he inspires you to just to, to right. his resolve is strong. And, you know, Trump had resolve as well, but he, he couldn't elucidate like this guy can. Yeah. Although I will say that, that that was one of the best things about Trump was also Trump's ability to inspire and often in like a kind of silly or a corny way. But, you know, we were talking last night and uh, talking about like how the Soleimani thing was like one of the best moments of Trump's presidency because Trump really, like DeSantis, I think, also has an unembarrassed love for America mm-hmm. and was not afraid to show it, was not afraid to really love a good flyover or to post a bunch of American flags when you've completely blasted, you know, one of the bad guys off the face of the earth. Like, the, that's... um. That's like one of the things that was great about Trump or even like after Trump had COVID and going out there on the balcony and like tearing the mask off, like not to be afraid to have a moment mm-hmm. and to be kind of corny and to be inspiring and to love America. Like that, that was one of the best parts about Trump, I think. Um, and DeSantis has a lot of that, too, without some of Trump's flaws, certainly. Mm-hmm. But but, you know, I do think that that's something that they have in common. But yeah, the way DeSantis puts things into words that you're thinking and is able to articulate them and say them and evoke that feeling that Trump did often in kind of a silly way. But but to put it in a more sophisticated way, I think it is is really a positive. I get bad news for you though. If Trump wins election, wins the election, Miss Christina Pushaw will be running the White House communications office. Yeah, I look forward to that day. That Trump must love word. her. He must be so thrilled with her. Uh, yes, I I love her too. I can't say I disagree with Mr. Trump on that one. Yes, she does an awesome job and um and I like her a lot. Uh, I don't know how she has the energy to do everything she does. She seems to keep up with everything all the time. It seems incredible. But um, yeah, really does a great job. 
My man Josh Hawley going after Jennifer Granholm about energy prices. Today in the state of Missouri, the average price of gasoline today, as of this morning, is $4.10. Average price of diesel is $5.18. And I'm sure you've seen the reporting this morning that now AAA is projecting that gas prices will hit a national average, average of $6 a gallon by the month of August. Is this acceptable to you? No, it is not. And you can thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine. Oh, beautiful. Pulling oh, nonsense. Those I, with all due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of 2021, the average beautiful. gas price in my state was $2.07. Eight months later, eight months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over 30%, and it has been going up consistently since. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies that are drawing down our own supply of energy in this country, that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America? What are you doing about With it? With respect, sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can you say that when the price of gas was up over 30 percent from January to uh, you answer my questions? Answer. And it's my time, Madam Secretary. So why don't you answer my question? From January to August, the price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous, a continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office. He immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing programs in Anwar. He issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25% of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all just in the first few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I'm on our energy supply? 94% of the oil and gas executives that were surveyed by the Dallas Fed said that administration policies had nothing to do with the increase in the price of oil. I'm not interested the in the opinions of these people. I'm interested Those in the, the facts. Are, are you telling me the that these policies had no effect? Is I'm that your you testimony, no that these policies had no effect? You? Are you telling you, me, Madam Secretary, are you telling me under oath in her defense, she is telling him that. She just said that. <laughs> policies had no effect. I'm telling you that 94% of the oil and gas industry... I'm not interested in their opinion. I'm interested in no the facts. Effect. So, no, they did not ask That is Vladimir a remarkable Putin statement. ...about the increase in demand and the decrease in supply from pulling Russian barrels of oil off the market, thanks to, rightly, the United States saying, we're not going to take Russian oil. Coming out of COVID... So what explains the of, increase between I'm, January and August coming of 2021? Out of COVID, coming out of COVID, there was an increase in demand because people were driving again. When there was no demand, the prices dropped. That is a basic law of economics. The prices dropped. I have to say, Madam Secretary, with all due respect. But hold up, before you get to it, did nobody see, know that there's going to be a demand coming out of COVID? No, it's not. You're not able to know that. Your answers are insulting, and they are insulting to the people of Missouri who are looking for action. Now, you said two months ago your department was on war footing. What are you doing to bring down the price of gasoline? 
which has been going up consistently since you took office. The price of gasoline is derived from the price of oil. The price of oil is at $110 a barrel. What are you doing to decrease it? On a global market, sir, if you could let me finish. If you would answer my question. I am answering your question, sir. Oil is traded on a global market. We are paying extremely high prices today. Just as they are in Japan. What are you doing to get it down? Just as they are in Germany. Just as they are in South Africa. What are you doing to get it down? We are calling for an increase in supply. We are releasing a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try to balance out. Who are you getting it calling for an increase in supply? It is the largest tool that we have to be able to do that. Our allies are also. Excuse me, Terry. Please, Uh, Senator Hawley, your time's expired. Could I get an answer to this question, Uh, Mr. Chairman? Who are you calling for an increase in supply from? From our domestic oil and gas manufacturers, from international oil and Even gas manufacturers. Even as you manufacturers. cancel their leases? Senator Hawley, if you want to answer, you have to allow the secretary to answer. I've said we have called repeat. <laughs> anyway, you get it. But she's, Grant Holmes been there. She knows how this stuff goes. And, you know, he was dancing a little bit, you know, getting, mm-hmm. put, putting her in traps. But at the end of the day, it's good to hear it said out loud. And it's good for them to have to absorb these Well, right, because I and I hear this stuff from people too. you know, just when I talk to people about this stuff who will say like, oh, but I read in the Washington Post or the New York Times or wherever or I heard on NPR that actually it doesn't have anything to do with that. And none of Biden's policies would actually do anything about it. And the Keystone Pipeline wouldn't have affected it because the oil was going to be exported anyway, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but that's. It's clearly the case that they have had as a goal and Biden has had as a goal and has told the left in the primaries that he has had as a goal to get us off of fossil fuels. And the way to do that is to produce less fossil fuels and make the fossil fuels that we're that we're getting more expensive. Right. That's that's what they want to do. And that's his stated goal. That's a stated goal of the Democratic Party. That is what they want. And they don't care that it hurts poor people. AOC and Ed Markey and the Green New Deal nut jobs do not care if it makes your life harder and you can't buy food at the store because everything is absurdly expensive because they've driven up the price of fossil fuels. It was completely predictable. You know, and I know we didn't put in the Green New Deal, but we put in people who believe in the goals and are working towards them Mm -hmm. through other means. By making your life worse, they're trying to force us into a de facto Green New Deal. And that's just their, you know, that's that's their actual philosophy and goal. They don't want the gas prices to go down. They say out loud that they want them to go down. But, you know, it, it, the results speak for themselves. There's nothing else to really say about it. Uh, do you have any other pieces of business before we get to the chat chat? I did want to read one thing because it entertained me. Madison Cawthorn is not taking well mm-hmm. to having lost his primary. I noticed he tweeted about Gentiles today. <laughs> By accident. That was a typo. Uh, but yeah, this was his Instagram post after losing the election, which I think is a very normal reaction to losing your election and a totally normal um, classy concession. When the establishment turned their guns on me, when the unit party coalesced to defeat an America first member, very few people had my back. This list includes the lion's share of figures that came to my defense when it was not politically profitable. These are honorable men and women who are the type of friends anyone yearns to have. At the beginning of a change, the patriot is a rare and hated man. 
These are those rare and hated men slash women. There are other national figures who I believe are patriots, but I am on a mission now to expose those who say and promise one thing. Can we, you know, it's like, dude, just stop bringing your gun onto the airport. <laughs> stop trying to bring your gun onto the plane, for Christ's sakes. We'll start there, okay? Stop having weird homoerotic jokes with all the guys you hang out with, right? Like, uh... I am on a mission now to expose those who say and promise one thing, yet legislate and work towards another self-profiteering globalist goal. The time for Gentile politics as usual has come to an end. I would say that one was probably meant to be gentle. It's an all Jewish uh, political landscape. I'm for it. (laughs) It's time. That's what you would have found, by the way, in the Jewish Alps, Mm -hmm. in the Disney with sour cream, in the, what other is it called? The Borscht Belt? The Borscht Belt, but it's called other things, too. Oh, you I know don't what? Know. Maybe it's not maybe, important. Yeah, maybe we can finish Madison yeah. Cawthorn here. It's time for the rise of the new right. It's time for Dark Maga to truly take command. We have an enemy to defeat, but we will never be able to defeat them until we defeat the cowardly and weak members of our own party. Their days are numbered. We are coming. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Things going well over at the Cawthorn house, I think. Um, but uh, one thing I am excited about is this is going to now bring Dark Maga into the mainstream, which has been sort of like a meme thing on uh-huh. the fringy right now for a while, which is like Maga, but like maybe not really ironically into fascism. We're not sure. Like, I don't know. I think you can probably glean kind of the vibe of dark maga oh speaking of my sniffing a lot, i got a lot of messages dms alice about your cocaine use the other night on the tucker show. and laura ingram say every night wow. <laughs> Stop. including an illicit photo t-shirt of did you see it <coughs> of you yeah. okay she saw it sorry about that she saw it was that tommy yes tommy yes uh, there's t-shirts now illicitly being sold showing alice shattuck blasting lines stop like she was, like, i have like never she was back done at cocaine. University. i have never incorrect. done cocaine incorrect. never fake news fake news never. lion alice <laughs> lion alice strikes again all right alby <laughs> <laughs> Harold Hawk here. Oh. I hear there's some guinea fowl in your shed. Let me rustle on through there. <laughs> Looks like they're all covered in this bicycle. Help me. <laughs> I'll help you there, bicycle. This is getting weird. And there seems to be a Power Ranger of some sort in here, too. What is that from, the Power Ranger? Um... What's her name likes it when Jimmy dresses as a Power Ranger? Jimmy Shattuck, my brother? Yeah. What? This was in the messages. I didn't come What are you talking about? Your oh, friend from oh, the gym. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Oh, so I haven't been able to go back to the gym. You've been blowing out my... What was that? What was that? I heard something else. Uh, okay, let's see. This is an Eric Clapton concert, Alice. Do you know what that song is? Mm-mm. This is incredible. I can't believe Eric Clapton has called into the burn barrel. Yeah, and it's, that's okay. a, that's an Eric Clapton hit. And you'll you'll appreciate it as we go on. <laughs> oh my, this is fantastic. Now 
to uh, go ahead and end the show tonight. I'd like to ask somebody to come on stage and give me a hand. You young ladies, come on up here and let's give it a go. Okay. Tucker and Laura Ingram say Okay. Nice. It's alright. I don't like this. It's not true. It's not true. Okay. Wow, that is. Uh, actually, folks, forget it. Let's just go home. Good night. Oof, Alice. Tucker and Laura Ingram say every night. That's not nice. Eric Clapton, that is incredible. He's, a, by the way, like you, he's, he's a big a, anti-vaxxer, too, so you should a be happy. He's conservative, I think, isn't he? He is. He is. Some of the, I think so is Mick, as a matter of fact. Uh, let's see. Starting Saturday, I'm officially a former Walmart employee. Where are you going? What happened? This is something we talked about? We, talk, we talked about Walmart. Did we talk about Walmart? So you're quitting. That. You're quitting Walmart. What were you doing there? Were you doing overnight uh, stocking like uh, Alice, the cokehead shattuck, or were you doing something that else? That's not true. That's not accurate. Well, congratulations on your on your change. <laughs> I have never. I'm talking done. to my friend okay. here about his gig, uh, Alice. I thought you meant about Oops. me not doing. Cocaine. I know you're strung out right now, Alice. <laughs> I'll just tweet you right now, but calm down. <laughs> the hardest drug I take is Dayquil. Uh huh. <laughs> I think it's a really nice personal touch, Tom and Alice, when you recognize your chat, chat contributors uh, by their voice and, and give them a little shout out on the pod. I think it makes people feel good, shows the, that you're committed to your listeners. Uh, Tom, I'm sure it harkens back to your days as a concierge, giving people that white glove treatment. So very nice. I wanted to thank you for that. And uh, I'm sure on behalf of some you, of my fellow Jimmy. listeners. Tom, just one other quick question. Yes. Uh, I've noticed that when you apologize for something, you tend to say sorry, uh, like you're from uh, up north. And I was just curious about that. Don't know if it's been addressed before, but uh, yeah, sorry. My <laughs> my friend Mike, uh, who probably may be listening, I'm going to talk about Mike, is uh, used to Are give me. Are you okay with the microphone? Used to give me, he, it's funny. He used to give me nonstop bleep about saying sorry and, and um, also about. Uh, when I used to say Charles Street, and he's had a problem the way I said that, like it was over enunciated. But but I lived, and me and my brother lived in a bachelor pad on Beacon Hill next to Charles Street, which is just Charles Street. I don't know, and I say sorry because that's how it's spelled. I say it correctly. A lot of people say it incorrectly. I don't think is there a problem with the way I say either of those things else. You say like kind of sorry, like sorry, in, yes, instead of sorry. Yeah, but who? It's not S A W R Y. It's sorry. <laughs> okay. So there's a so obviously we'll betide you. Danny and what Bill does Rick- he mean by up north? Like that's your Vermont accent coming? I don't know. Or I don't have. A, I would be odd if I had a Vermont <laughs> accent. But, but uh, there you go. Danny from Bill Ricca. Bill Ricca features into Tom Shattuck's life, of course, because uh, my friend Keith, who shot me with a BB gun uh, Christmas morning as he was Lee Harvey Oswalding out his window, waiting for me to walk out of my house. He had gotten a new BB gun. He dated Tara from Bill Ricca. So there you go. If you know, does say, she know Danny? She know. I assume they all know each other. <laughs> Why? So just because you met another person from Bill Ricca, you're now connected funny, to Danny Tara, from Bill Ricca. One time, Keith and Tara came over to my house. We were teenagers, and they came with a baby. And Keith pretended 
that I, maybe I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> Teeth pretended that that was their baby and, and tried to fool my mother and think it was her baby. But it's like, also, like, why did they have a baby? <laughs> I don't. I get look into this. <laughs> it's weird. Belverka is one of my favorite places. Damn. Oh, can you on. say it's morphing time? Go, go, Power Rangers! What? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Sick bastard. <laughs> I like Belverka, but I don't know if I call it one of my favorite places. What I was starting to say was that Belverka is one of my favorite places to see how out of state people pronounce it when confronted with it. Oh uh, yeah, uh, out of the blue. Because I had a roommate who moved from out of state and called it Bill Erica. <laughs> Is that Holly? <laughs> no. No, she was from around here, so she knew how to pronounce Bill Erica. Well, I mean, you've got a few of them there in a row. So you got Bill Erica, Woburn, and Stoneham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... They... Natick somehow always throws people, too, which... How? Because they say Natick. No! <laughs> yes! It's <laughs> <That's> dumb. <laughs> hey, Tom and Alice. Hey. Zap here from Canton. That's Zap from Canton. Zap um, from Canton. yesterday's show, I think it's time to start doing more bong hits than the old 12-pack. Either that or maybe some gummy bears or something of the equivalent. Okay, guys. Thanks Hold for on. From Canton. He wants time a- after yesterday's show, I think it's time to start doing more bong hits than the old 12-pack. What do you think he means? I think he means that we should do weed instead of drinking. Oh, but were you drinking yesterday? No. You did? No. But, um, what was I going to say? Oh, big trend in California weddings, by the way. Zach, or Zap, Zap, I think it's Zap. Zap and Let us know what's good. Tell me what you mean by that. Um, we could, if we could, I'm not good with, neither of us are good with weed. Sorry, Zap. Yeah, no, I can't do weed. I just, it doesn't agree with me. I don't, nobody likes me when I do weed. It's bad. I tried a few times in college. Well, I think you should I didn't, I've never done cocaine. But a few times in college, I've never done cocaine, but a few times in college, I did try Wow, weed. look at the baby and- steps to the truth we're getting here. <laughs> it's not a, a few times no- in college. I did, yeah, a few no, times. Right. I tried weed. Uh-huh. No, but I only did it ever a few times because it was a disaster and I was not cool and chill on okay. weed. I was not a person you want to be around when I was on weed. Uh-huh. It was. Uh, Tom, Roslyn scares me. Ooh. What does? Roslyn. I am. Ralph, yeah, same here. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Is very- that why you like her? No, that's why you like her. <laughs> Big trending California weddings, by the way, like I was saying, uh, is to not have booze, but to serve weed. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> anyway. You know what that is? That's somebody being a cheap bastard. That's what that is. Don't, I don't think weed is that cheap. If you're going to serve think, edibles at your wedding, I don't think that's inexpensive. Once you eat your edible, you are high. Drink a drink <laughs> through the evening. This is BS. <laughs> anyway, if you've done this for your wedding, please uh, call in and let us know. That is at Burn Barrel you have Podcast. You'll get your daughter, by the way. Okay, I will. Okay. That is at burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can go do that. There's a red button where you can record us a message. You can also email us, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at burnbarrelpod. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Sunday. You too. Bye. I said, have a great weekend. You said, you too. <laughs> I'll see you, Alice, I think, in. Just seconds. Well, you will because okay. I'm going away tonight. Okay. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.